Kate Walsh makes monsters. I think when I was growing up, the idea of this as a job was a very, very slim reality. I assumed everything happened in Hollywood. She's the company director of Millennium Effects here in Aylesbury, about an hour and a half from London. They make prosthetics and creatures for film and TV. Basically, if you've ever seen an episode of Doctor Who, you've seen their work. What are we looking at? Uh, So this is Albert, our western lowland gorilla. This is his head, which I have my fist jammed into. So he's a fully animatronic head that's worn by a a performer. There's like about 36 servo motors in this. He's got animatronic eyes, he's got blink, he's got brow, he's got a little nose sniff. Gorillas don't sniff, by the way. We just put it in for a little flourish. It, uh, It adds a little something. But this is all a far cry from Newbridge, the town in Ireland where Kate grew up. Animatronics and movie monsters were a very distant world. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> meet your maker. My brothers were quite a lot older than me and would watch horror movies. They'd watch sort of Alien and Nightmare on Elm Street. And we had this weird sort of 70s setup in the house where there were no real doors on the ground floor. So you could come down stairs and there was just like glass or no real sort of way to, to see me. But I could see into the sitting room and I would just sit and watch the horror movies my brothers were watching. So I was always sort of sort of vaguely interested in horror from an age too young. But there was one TV show that really piqued Kate's interest in monsters. I started watching The X-Files when I was 11 and I think in the back of my head I thought, you know, moving to the States... Actually, it was Canada it was filmed in, but, you know, everything happens in America. So I thought as a young Irish girl, you know, moving to the States and working on a show like that was just beyond thinking, really. But it was always in the back of my head that it was just someone did this stuff. I think The X-Files hooked me into horror more as an 11-year-old. I think that was very formative. Going through my life, I just fell more deeply in love with gore and horror and monsters and weird stuff. You can deny all the things I've seen. All the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. In my early teens, my parents got a video camera and myself and my sister would just make stupid videos. So we would make like copies of Star Trek and just really dumb stuff, stupid films. And I sort of fell in love with putting films together, and we didn't have editing software. There were no computers, but there was a camera. So it was, it was a case of, you know, seeing out a scene, finishing it in an, in an elaborate way where you'd have to run off, press stop, rewind it to the point where you finish the elaborate scene, moving everything around so you go to the next location and, like, cutting it all together. And I just fell in love with the process of creating a narrative through in-camera editing. <laughs> 
my parents really wanted me to do something a bit more scientific or possibly go into teaching. I was really good at mathematical subjects and physics and they wouldn't let me do art in school so I had to do art outside of school. All of my family are creative and I was the one one that they wouldn't let be creative which was just a pain but uh, it, you know in the end they couldn't fill out my form to go to college. So Kate went off to study film. She really liked editing. Did some sort of documentaries and some bits of stuff with with some friends, just really, really dumb stuff again. It's always just dumb stuff. You know, like, you never... I'm not one of these really highbrow people who go off and, like, make films that really mean something. Just really stupid stuff all the time. But anyway... She ended up getting an internship in a commercials house editing adverts. In the meantime, I was doing... St- storyboarding in my spare time for free just because I like drawing and it was fun to do and and it felt really quite close to editing to me you know putting together those scenes and like I'm really bad at it but for some reason people got me to do it a lot then someone put me in touch with a guy who was making a feature I ended up storyboarding a lot of his action sequences and he offered me a job in the film and he said what would you like to do and I said please could I be in the art department and he said no would you like to be in the edit department and I went all right, okay, I could do this. So I ended up being assistant editor. And then through just a series of of mishaps, I ended up editing the entire thing. It was an Irish film called Speed Dating. For a solution to solitude with rapid romancing, welcome to the world of speed dating. What do you do? It was a really, really interesting experience. I think everyone working on it was like quite, quite new. At the time, I just used to consume music, which was my other big love. Tony, the director, let me literally pick pretty much 90% of the music for the film and I commissioned some pieces as well from from some composers and so I had to like phone up people in the states and say hey I'm working I'm a music coordinator for a feature film and basically lied through my teeth that I was a professional I think Sufjan Stevens manager still thinks I work in in music coordination for <laughs> so every now and again he'll send me this guy Leon from the states will send me like oh this new artist he signed and I'm like, yeah, this is great. So I get like, still get free music. <laughs> After that film, though, Kate came to a realization. I realized that actually, I didn't want to be an editor anymore. It's really, <laughs> it's really stressful and lonely, and everything kind of lands on you. And I was doing kind of crazy 30-hour days and I because I, I was my own department and I think I was like 24 at this stage so I didn't really know what I was doing. She decided to do a postgrad in special and visual effects in the National Film and Television School in the UK. Part of my postgrad in the National Film and Television School was to do three weeks of prosthetics and it was trained at Millennium Effects and I walked through the door and the first five minutes went, no, this is it, this is what I want to do. It was a lightning bolt moment. My mum still had in the back of her head that I was going to go off and do something amazing and, you know, really make myself. And she wasn't convinced that the the route I'd taken would get me there. You know, she just desperately wanted me to come home and I was running out of money and I wasn't going to get any additional support from them. God bless them, they'd helped me enough. Help would come in the form of the undead. I did a zombie, fun little zombie viral competition with a couple of friends and we won. And we won laptops. And I sold that laptop and it bought me another month in the UK. And in that month, Neil Gordon at Millennium Effects offered me a job. So zombies, 
meant I could stay in the UK. I didn't have to get the ferry back home. Zombies save your life. Zombies save my life. They de- like absolutely shaped my future. Where are we now? What are we looking at? Uh, so this is the the main workshop. We basically have a big giant building. I think it's about 10,000 square foot. So it's a big space where we do sculpting and painting and anything that's non-toxic, basically. From where we're standing, I can see a dinosaur, I can see a panda, I can see all sorts of zombie-looking weird creatures. Uh, I can see some Doctor Who thingy-mobobs. Everything and anything. Pretty much. It's it's quite weird. A client will come to, to see us and, uh, you know, they'll be doing their specific thing. And, you know, their specific thing might be a hard-hitting drama that really needed, like, hyper-realistic uh, operation sequences or something. And then they come down and we show them the workshop and they go, there's just a bunch of robots here. What are, like, what do you guys do? You know, and, and it's really hard to convince them that, well, it's all the same skills. And so we'll have to, like, root around and just show them all the stuff because, you know, it, the difference between a, you know, quite fleshy and gross zombie character and a very hyper-realistic sort of uh, operation sequence. It's the same, the same processes, you know? <laughs> Millennium Effects is also the birthplace of all of the creatures and aliens in Doctor Who since its revival in 2005. It's a kids' show at the heart of it, and we did a design which is so terrifying... But I sat in this room and I was literally agog when they were like, yeah, yeah, make that, make that. I was like, who, who in God's name would commission this for a kids show? It was so terrifying. But like, I was like, this is so brave. It's amazing. With a project like Doctor Who, we submit designs. So we'll get the script. Well, sometimes we'll do a mood board first of just stuff just to see. Cause that must be a weird mood board. Yeah, some of them are pretty weird. I always, when I do talks for kids, I always go, you know, scrapbooks. Although I don't know if kids make scrapbooks anymore because of the internet. But like, you know, I guess Pinterest, Pinterest, I suppose. If kids have Pinterest, I don't know. But like, like just like saving things that you like, amassing pictures. Like, you know, I just save lots of random bits and just constantly looking at really weird stuff. So you put together a little scrapbook of stuff and then you go, is this right? And they go, yeah. And then you go, all right, and you go off. And and, and uh, so I don't do any of the concept work myself. So we, we get people to do it. So there's people who do really good robots and, you know, there's people who have specific skills. And then we have Chris, who's our in-house concept artist, who, who just has to do everything because like uh, normally when this stuff comes through we only have a few hours to put something together so he'll have to do the really the really cute sort of kitty stuff and then next will be like an exploding corpse and you know it's you know like a person with a head half missing sometimes a client will come to Kate and the team with a design and she says sometimes that works well but a lot of the time it doesn't really work so we recently got sent like a picture of a robot they want like a client wanted made it made into a creature suit but, you know, the joints aren't in the right place. The legs are really far apart. You know, they just, you know, and you have to sort of break it down and take them away from that thing that they really love. And, and it's it's a delicate balance to get someone else's design to work, whereas we'll design to make sure it always works. And, we you know, we won't make it look really easy. You know, it'll still look like impossible. And I think that's what we kind of strive for is to make sure you don't feel like it's a guy in a suit. So it looks like something something other and speaking of guys in suits we have like a huge range of creature performers that we recommend to all of our clients when they come in and you know if they if they want a particularly short creature we'll go oh my god you must use kieran or you know if we want a particularly tall creature you know we'll go like, oh my god we must use you know this person the, the reason they recommend particular actors for the job is that performing as a monster or creature isn't easy you're basically locked into something that's 
very, 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 very warm, sometimes has restricted breathing and mostly restricted vision. It's a character that doesn't have an anatomy of a human and it needs to operate in a different way. And it requires an understanding of that character and the physicality to, to bring it to life. And you can really tell when someone doesn't know what they're doing that it just kills the character. It doesn't matter how good our work is if someone goes into it and it's just sort of flopping around. Like, I couldn't do it. I definitely couldn't do it because I discovered I'm claustrophobic. So, uh, Did you discover that like while trying on one of these costumes? Um, I got life cast and I decided that I didn't enjoy that. And even though she didn't enjoy it, Kate thinks maybe I will. So I'm taken to the life casting room. Kate introduces me to Mole Shop Supervisor Olivia Whitaker, who's worked on everything from Guardians of the Galaxy to Red Dwarf. She is going to be making the life cast of my face. But what exactly is life casting? Here's Kate. When we make prosthetics or creature costumes to fit someone, so like a bespoke build, we need to take an impression of their head or body, which means we mix up liquid rubber together. So it's a silicon rubber, it's a two-part thing where we mix it together. When you mix it together, it sort of catalyzes and, and, and goes into a sort of flexible rubber as opposed to a liquid rubber. So you smear that all over someone, uh, the heat of their body catalyzes it. We put a little plaster bandage in casing around them, pop that off, take the silicon rubber off, and then we have a mold of the exact shape so it's like a negative of their their face or body i can only describe it as like being buried alive once my face is covered i can only breathe through my nose so all the bandage is done so we're just going to give it a couple of minutes now to firm up mm-hmm. and then you can come out mm. this is the bit where we take embarrassing photos of you and pose behind you in the mirror and get one come on ladies come in <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up again. Say like us. <laughs> the process takes about 30 or 40 minutes. Okay, so can you, for us, Liam, just start to wriggle your face around, pull silly faces, open your mouth, close it, um, and that is what helps to kind of release the silicon away from your face because try and do this quite slowly and gently. The mould slowly starts to come away from my face. Oh my god, it is so bright and my eyes aren't even open. Yep. Uh, That's you. Oh my god. That's so weird. (laughs) That's such a... I find that like really relaxing, even though you feel like you're being encased. Excellent. Like that you're being buried or something. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Olivia's probably one of the best. Thank you. (laughs) Kate started at Millennium Effects as an intern, and now she's the company director and co-owner. And it's hard not to be super impressed. I mean, she's followed her dream. I still didn't think that you could have a job making monsters. Honestly, until I came to Millennium in 2006 and walked in the door and saw people getting paid to make monsters... Only at that moment did I realise, whoa, people get paid to do this shit. One of Kate's favourite monsters from the X-Files way back when was Fluke Man, this kind of creepy flatworm turned man creature. Weirdly, we got to, to uh, the company got to make Fluke Man for uh, an X-Files uh, audible like book viral thing. And so we got to do like an exact replica of Flukeman. It was it was the best day. So it was really cool. So we, we you know, I got to sort of live out a, a, a childhood dream. Get back. 
I feel super lucky. And I think, you know, I, I think I just happened upon Millennium at a time when they needed extra, extra help because they were getting a bit busier. But I think also one of the reasons I think they kind of got me in is because of the editing, because I ended up editing a lot of their showreels. So it's weird, like no matter what path you take, there's, there's you know, a reason for every stage. And, you know, having spent ages editing, that's what kind of, I think that's why they, they, they got me in. Uh, they clung on to me for dear life. But yeah, I can't believe how lucky I am. I really, really can't. Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. You can see photos that Kate took during my live cast on our website, meetyourmaker.ie. And if you enjoy the show, help spread the word by leaving a review on iTunes or just give us a shout out on your preferred social platform. See you next week. Music